Gabriel was 22 and his eyes were failing. To focus, he used a rolled-up newspaper. It looked like a spyglass, confirming my impression that the windowless room was a ship and we were all in a hold underwater. Actually, said Miss Topoli, who was from the Philippines, if you're already crazy, a journal won't make you crazier. Everyone laughed except Gabriel Gonzalez. He approached almost everything with melancholy. After the class, he stuffed the newspaper in his pocket and said he didn't see a problem with being crazy. I said I agreed as long as you could manage the world. I was about to tell Gabriel, not for the first time, that he should try to get his work published. He knew I would say this and left before I had the chance. All at once, I heard a noise and saw Ms. Shari and another woman looming in the fluorescence at the door. The other woman was so tall I thought she might be a man wearing a chador. I felt a boundless fear and moved past them to the hall. I am a representative, the taller woman said, and we are accusing you of racism. You have asked Ms. Shari to write things that are against our beliefs. You leaned down to talk to her in a condescending way. You never were clear about the assignments. This school is for everybody, she continued. You can't ask people to do things against their religions. You are a racist and an intolerant person. Her voice rose and the international throng began to look at us. I said I couldn't change the way I taught. The representatives said they would take the case to the dean or worse, to the president. She made her orange and blue hands into fists and said I would have to pay for my lack of understanding. Ms. Shari raised her fists too. Their twenty painted fingers became tiny people endowed with magic, malevolent powers. Nicole's office was at the end of the hall. Through her open door, she saw everything through her shaded glasses. When the women left, I went to her office and began to cry. I hadn't cried in school since kindergarten when I'd been sent back from the playground for walking across fresh tan bark. Nicole closed the door and gave me chocolates filled with brandy. They're just crazy is all she said. You're not a racist. I know about that. Of course she did. Nicole was black and raised in the South. That night, while I tried to sleep, the women's fists morphed into fabulous artifacts, dangerous codes, puppets with frightening powers. One thing stayed the same. They wanted to hurt me. Two days later, the head of the English department called me to his office. When I passed Nicole, she shook her head and said, I'm sorry. The head of the department, who came from a distinguished line of Asian scholars, looked at me sternly through rimless glasses. There had been a complaint about me, he said, a serious complaint, and it was ill-advised of me to take Nicole's advice. Perhaps, he continued, I wasn't used to teaching. Perhaps, he said delicately, I was the artistic type and never had written a syllabus. 
I knew it would be umbrage to tell him I taught in graduate programs. Instead, I showed him the syllabus, which he looked at carefully. When he found nothing wrong, he got more upset. Then the issue is racism, he said, and racism is serious. Ms. Shari says you're asking her to do something against her religion. I said maybe I was, but she'd taken the course. I tried to focus on his bookcase. Semiotic supplied to Keats, reader response, and Henry James. She can't flunk, he said. She absolutely can't. We're here to give people degrees. Everybody is entitled to a degree. He explained what would be involved if this were taken to the dean, and then to the president. A disgrace to all of us. Again, I felt a boundless fear. I offered to meet with Ms. Shari privately to find out what felt right for her. This was the humility the head of the department.